This Week in the 90s podcast. Hi, everybody. I'm Sarah Tiana. Hey, it's Joe Schmo. What's happening? <laughs> Welcome to This Week in the 90s. Um, we're both exhausted. What's new? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, As what else is parents new? Parents of an infant who's getting a tooth. 2020 and first-time parents. Yeah. Don't do it if yeah. you're thinking about it. So Should have listened to my own advice for the last 20 years. <laughs> Your own advice. Well, I'm glad you didn't. Hey, now. Hey. Um, so my week is November 1st through the 7th. Hey, it's this week in the 90s. <laughs> it is. Did you say that already? Yes. I missed that. Maybe I didn't. Did you welcome everyone to the show? <laughs> I don't know. Let's Why just, do I need to? Let's just jump right in. What episode are you doing? Do you remember? No. I never. What? You always remember that. I don't remember. Oh, it must be 14. 14. You You're evens and I'm the odds. Odds is true. You're definitely the odds. Whack. Um, yeah. Episode 14. Um, 14. And what? I've So what week is it? November 1st. Through the seventh, hopefully November is more of a fun month oh than October gosh. was. Oh my gosh, October was pulling pulling teeth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so November, I mean, I had a couple options, but I chose 1994. Oh, oh. <laughs> hey. Do you remember November first through oh the seventh, 1994? Do I ever? <laughs> well, this would have been football season. It's like post post. Um, well, there's no baseball. Baseball was on strike, right, in 94. So. Yeah, there was no World Series that so year. there was no World Series anyway. Yeah, no anyway, World Series so that year. I was, was a freshman in high school. just started. Yeah, I think. So I must have been a junior. 4 to 95, 95 to 90. Yeah, yeah, a junior. Yeah. Uh, so anyway. Um, All right. I'm going to tell you about some stuff that happened. I'm going to start with November 5th. Okay. 1994. My, my favorite day ever, 11-5. Really? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let me so, do the jokes. So gullible. You, <laughs> you sit over there and just nod, and I'll do the jokes. Okay, November fifth, nineteen ninety four. Okay, at the age of forty five. Whoa, <laughs> super old. <laughs> George Foreman knocks out Michael. Moore. Oh, Michael Moore. That's amazing yeah, to win the boxing heavyweight championship. Yeah, he becomes the oldest heavyweight champ ever. Uh, in his weight class, heavyweight champ. Yes, heavyweight yeah. champ. Yeah. And the uh, second oldest of all boxing. So the the oldest uh, boxing champion, I think, was um, Bernard Hopkins oh, at 46. Okay. And he was the light heavyweight. So yeah, he's that makes sense. second oldest in all of boxing. Yeah, but oldest heavyweight oldest champ heavyweight ever. ever. Yeah. Michael Moore was 26 years old. I know. So embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> to lose to the, I mean, lose he to was the, really good. the old man. Yeah, yeah. To, and... Uh, so Foreman was unranked at the time because he came out of retirement. Right. So he's when he retired 10 years earlier, he started preaching. So he was a preacher yep. and then decided to get back into boxing and like never would have gotten a title match being unranked. But because he was so famous, like and they knew it was going to draw a lot of eyeballs they right. went ahead and let the match. happen. And Michael Moore was kind of an up and comer. So they're like, oh, yeah. we'll let him get this legendary, you know, pelt for his wall. And then Foreman ends up beating him. Yeah, ends up beating him. The match took place in Vegas. And Foreman wore the same red trunks he had worn in his loss to Muhammad Ali 20 years earlier. Exact same ones? Exact same ones. That's so the cool. ones that he was wearing when he lost to Muhammad Ali. Yeah, which the anniversary was just last week, Rumble I think. Rumble in the Jungle. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that 
so he wore those. Um, the fight lasted 10 rounds. Yep. Foreman was losing the whole time. All the first <laughs> nine rounds, just like getting clocked and clocked and clocked. And in the 10th round, he just like started pounding on more, got this like whiff of energy yep. and then caught him in the chin and knocked him out. Unbelievable. And uh, he became the oldest champion, the first champion to hold titles 20 years apart. <sighs> wow. And the first champion to beat someone with such a big age difference. So those were like all big yep. firsts and awards or whatever. Amazing. So, yeah. So I looked up a little bit about George Foreman because he is a fascinating dude <laughs> he is pretty fascinating yeah he's really fascinating uh, the thing about that fight was just real quick uh that ended up being the cover of sports illustrated <laughs> sorry uh, maverick's trying that to. week yeah Maverick, sorry our serious? dog we put up a barrier so that the dog couldn't get in and that his nails wouldn't like make all this noise yeah normally he eats food like conveniently <laughs> right at this time when we're taping and now i've put a barrier up and he's trying to wiggle his way through this barrier so that he can come in he's like winnie the pooh right now actually which is ironic because that's what he dressed up winnie as the yesterday pooch. for halloween He's like half in and half out, you know, like know. like Winnie when he anyway. ate the the tub of honey. Okay, but um, so uh, Michael Moore winning, I mean, uh, Michael Moore getting knocked out, George Foreman winning the heavyweight championship, ended up being the cover of Sports Illustrated the following week, mm-hmm. and uh, that issue, I I believe, was my mom's birthday, November fourteenth, and uh. My high school was featured in it as one of the top 10 high school football rivalries in the entire country. Oh, really? In that that issue that had George Foreman on the cover winning the heavyweight championship. And you remember that because you constantly look up things about your high school. Uh, No. First off, I was a freshman uh, then, so like it didn't mean as much to me as it does now because I had yet to really experience that rivalry. Mm -hmm. But uh, I also just thought it was super cool. What, like, were you a big fan of boxing back then? I'm still a big boxing fan. I really like watching all the big fights and stuff that happen. Uh, That's true. I always leave the house when you watch one of those. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's fighting. You're, you're like, conv- I'm you're like, at, bye. Yeah, you're <laughs> bye. But it's uh, it's fun. It's, uh, you know, boxing's not as popular, or especially the heavyweight division. It's starting to come back a little bit with Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury and Anthony yeah, Joshua. Like, there's three big ones now, but... For the last 10, 12 years, heavyweight championship boxing has been... Especially heavyweight, but like... It's been terrible. It's been, all of boxing. it's been just the Klitschkos and that was it. Yeah, I mean, all of boxing isn't as popular as uh, UFC and mixed martial arts have kind of gone in the other direction. They've kind of taken a lot of boxing's audience and kind of really skews like, younger. Yeah, but I don't really like UFC because it just feels like they're like... Just holding two dudes holding each other down, saying like, "Say you love me." <laughs> That's how it feels. <laughs> Let's wrestle. I don't really like it, but boxing to me always seemed like kind of gentlemanly. And we watch Peaky Blinders, and like I think about Peaky right. Blinders and boxing all the time. And like, but the last boxing match I saw was like Mayweather and somebody Pacquiao. Oh yeah, and even that was well. Maybe I know. Maybe I watched Mayweather and um, what's his name, the drunken Irish guy. Oh yeah, Conor McGregor. Yeah, (laughs) wow. (laughs) Propo number twelve. You know exactly who I was talking about. Yes. Don't judge me. The Irish whiskey dude. (laughs) Yeah, and that was three years ago. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that's probably the last thing you watched. Until it's like the big fun, you know. I mean, boxing was a sport of kings. It was like, yeah. you know, it was amazing. It's kind of like horse racing in a sense where it, it only exists to bet on. You yeah. Know? And um, 
But yeah, boxing was huge, especially yeah. especially back then, because that's ninety four. So that's like Tyson's in jail, and there's really the sport kind of like took a dip, and then Foreman comes back and wins the title, and it was like super cool. It was amazing. amazing. It was unprecedented. Like you said, he's losing on everyone's card yeah. every single round, zero for nine, and then comes out, and that's the that's the crazy part, and what makes boxing so exciting is that if you have a guy that you know has knockout power. They're never out of it. Never out of it. They're never out of it. You know, no. they say puncher's chance. That's, you know, that kind of illustrates Is that, that what they say? Puncher's chance? Well, in any sport, he's got a puncher's chance, <laughs> which, is, which, mean, which means that. one punch means you can win the fight. And, you know, like a quarterback, huh. you know, this quarterback's got a puncher's chance, which means he's capable of doing some crazy play that'll bring his team back. Or I always thought they were saying punter's chance. Like punter? Like yeah. they kick it? <laughs> no. What's, what's a punter's chance then? A punter's chance is not a thing. You literally <laughs> just made that up. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> Get it going. T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I know McAfee will buy it. Okay. So this is a little bit about George Foreman. He was born in Marshall, Texas. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? You knew that? I know he's from Texas. He, oh. might, he might still live there, actually. Uh, he was raised by his mom and his stepdad. He was very troubled as a young child, yep. uh, which is normal because he grew up in the fifth ward of Houston, which is like... A little tougher. Um, he dropped out of school at the age of 15 and became a mugger. <laughs> like, what's what you want? What's your occupation? I'm oh, a mugger. I'm a mugger. Like, so what? You, you, you certainly can't tell that to the cops. Like, what do you do for a living? I'm a mugger. I mug people <laughs> to make ends meet. <laughs> He was just like lights out, like bullying people and stealing. Yeah, well, I mean, talk about, you know, the song Bad, Bad Leroy Leroy Brown. That was George Foreman. He was the baddest man in the whole damn town. Is that who George Foreman was to you? George Foreman. uh, George Foreman to me. No, George Foreman to me was the old guy who became heavyweight champ. (laughs) But then you go back and you watch all these documentaries and you see all the, you know, his historic fights like, uh, you know, him knocking out Joe Frazier to become heavyweight championship. Like he was the baddest man. Oh, around. yeah. The baddest really man. Bad. Around. And yeah. so at 16, uh, he kind of had this awakening and he asks his mom to enroll him in the Job Corps, which I'd never heard of. But apparently it's a voluntary program from the Department of Labor and it helped kids get their GED and it trained them like with vocational skills to oh. be like work with their hands, basically. Right. Stuff that we don't have in school anymore, which sucks. Um, it was founded by Lyndon Johnson. So he trained to become a bricklayer and a carpenter. And then he moved to Pleasanton, California, which is where my family lives. So I was How about like, that? very small world. Wow. Uh, I'm like, Pleasanton? I can't even imagine George Foreman in Pleasanton. <laughs> like, like, what a huge personality to live up there. Anyway, yeah. He, uh, he wanted to play football because uh, he idolized Jim Brown, but he gave it up to pursue boxing. So apparently, because he was in the job corps... That's what helped him move, I guess, like going to train or do jobs Mm. or something like that. And when he moved, his job corps counselor was a guy named Doc Brodus, who ended up becoming his boxing coach. Oh, wow. So he was a boxing, Doc was a boxing coach and then like helped the kids in the job corps and then ended up training George Foreman. That's how he got into boxing. And then he immediately like was awesome. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. he like started training, and they were like, "Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you're gonna be heavyweight champ. You're gonna be fine." And then he went like, you know, he just like 
knocked out everybody that he, yeah. so he made it into the Olympics yep. as, um, you know, he, without being a pro or whatever. So he won a gold medal in the Olympics in 1968 in Mexico. And then that kind of gave him a lot of attention because he had this tiny little American flag. And when he won, he just like carried it around right. the ring. And it was like, well, it was like the first time anybody had really ever like showed real American pride, I guess. I don't, I'm not really sure. It didn't really feel like that was true, but yeah, he, that, that's what yeah. he said on his website. Oh, he said that? Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't like feel accurate. doesn't feel accurate, but it seems yeah. like especially at the Olympics where you're literally... You're really there for your, for your country. country. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. And like Jesse Owens, maybe winning gold medals in front of <laughs> Hitler, I think probably was American pride. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> but, a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, but. yeah. Yeah, George won. Yeah, George. And after that, it was just... <laughs> skyrocket yeah. for him I, didn't even, yeah. I mean i i mean obviously i wasn't alive when the olympics in mexico happened but you weren't i know <laughs> shocking but i yeah yeah so you didn't really know anything about george foreman his early life you didn't know anything about, no not about his early life yeah what did you know about him i mean i pretty much knew i knew that he was like a bad kid and like uh and then grew up. I didn't know that. That's was how a, a lot of boxers are made, though. I didn't, well, Mike They're Tyson bad. was the they same use, way. Yeah. They I, use I didn't know their the job core thing. But, um, I mean, I knew about the Olympics. And then after that, it was just kind of his pro career just took off. And then, Yeah. So immediately yeah. he turns pro. Yep. And by 1972, he per- has a perfect record, 37-0. Yep. and 0. Yep. And then he fought Joe Frazier. Yep. Um. He was not favored going in, but yeah, he Joe Frazier was the baddest man in town yeah, until he, until George Foreman came yeah. along. He knocked him down sixteen six times in route to the second round, where he knocked him out in the second round. Yeah, I don't think Joe Frazier had ever been even knocked down before this fight. Yeah, so he knocked him down six times, yeah. which was insane. He defended his title twice after beating Joe Frazier, and in nineteen seventy four was the Rumble in the Jungle with Muhammad Ali. But apparently, I don't, I didn't know this. Two months before the fight when they were all like training in Africa, he got a really bad cut above his eye and they had to postpone the fight for a month. Mm. And because he had the cut above his eye, he couldn't spar. So right. for the whole two months, like training, like the whole month before the fight, he can't spar. Right. And he feels like this is like a huge advantage to Muhammad Ali because sure. he hasn't even been punched for a month. Right. Um, and meanwhile, Ali is just like gallivanting around Africa. Yeah. Like endearing himself to everyone and like, um, and, yeah, uh, and made Joe Frazier seem, I mean, um, George Foreman seemed like the bad guy. Yes, yeah. for sure. Because he couldn't really go anywhere and he's, like got like a cut above his eye, you know, so he like even looks scarier, you yeah. know, it's like a little, um, he also, um, believes, oh wait, uh, he couldn't spar and he also believes he was drugged up by his trainer a lot during that time unknowingly, Interesting, you know, which made maybe he believes, you know, helped made him miss a step or like lethargic a little bit. Yeah. Because in the rumble in the jungle, famously, um, he says, Muhammad Ali says to him, is that all you got, George? And George, George said, George's famous quote is, I remember thinking, yeah, that's pretty much all I got. <laughs> Cause Ali did the famous rope a dope where he just let George punch and punch and punch and tire himself out. So Ali just like, Took the punishment, took all the hits, and then midway through the fight, George was dead tired, and then Ali knocked him out. So here's the other thing about that. Did you know that George Foreman believes that the ropes were not as tight as they normally are? He believes that they were 
unloosened. So, 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 so that Maali could lean back further. Lean back and when George further. went to punch, he had he to missed. punch further and bend down and like use more energy. And it allowed Ali to wrap his arm around George's neck right. for support. And uh, <laughs> yeah, well, a lot so, of conspiracies from yeah. old George. <laughs> Apparently, like, oh, and if you look in the pictures, he's definitely leaning way far back. He's leaning I mean, way obviously. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I mean, he was also a 225 pound man leaning against the ropes, yeah. which but. would lean back away from Foreman's wild swings and then clinch Foreman behind the head, forcing Foreman to expend much extra energy, untangling himself. Yeah. Ali also constantly pushed down on Foreman's neck, but was never warned about doing so. Uh, to this day, whether Ali's pre-fight talk of using speed of movement against Foreman had been just a di- diversion or his reliance on what he dubbed the rope-a-dope was a mid-bout impro- uh, as the improvisation is unclear. So nobody really knows. But interesting, um, it was backed up in a couple books that the ropes appeared to be loosened. So I'm not really sure. Ali ultimately knocked him out in the eighth. The first time Foreman had been knocked out in his career. It was like this whole windmill, like fall swing thing. Oh, yeah. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Foreman asked for a rematch a few times, but he never got one. No one knows why, because it would have been a huge moneymaker. Ali definitely had rematches with other people. Yep. But he never went yeah, against Foreman again. Yeah, because Foreman would have destroyed well, him probably. Well, it also makes you feel like maybe if he didn't have an advantage, if he wasn't being drugged up, right, the they ropes fought, weren't Yeah, loose. if they fought in Las Vegas and not, you know, South... Zaire. Yeah, Africa. <laughs> yeah. So it's, yeah. yeah, I don't know. So this is just stuff that he's, you know, alleging. Uh, so kind of interesting to me. Yeah, that's I pretty interesting. Know. Yeah. Yeah. He is, uh, on his, in his personal life, he's married to his fifth wife, Mary Joan. <laughs> <laughs> They've been married since 1985, though. So he finally got it right. He had a four life. wives before 1985. Wow, that's uh, aggressive. Yeah, so in 85. Well, if he was 45 in 94, so he must have been like 34 so had, by the time he... He had four wives before, and before, before he was in his mid-30s. <laughs> Troubled youth, man, looking for love. Yeah, that's true. He has 12 kids. Yep. Five sons and seven daughters. And they're all named George. All his sons are named George. Do you know why he did that? Uh, so he wouldn't forget their names. <laughs> Good choice. <laughs> no, he said he wanted them all to have something in common. Aside from being brothers. And, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know if they're all with the same woman. No, they're not. But they're, they're still obviously definitely his. Definitely not. Yeah. But, um. He also said, like, he wanted them to feel like a team. If you, if one goes up, the, we all go up. If one goes down, we all go down. Which doesn't say much about his daughters. <laughs> but he also named, like, one of his daughters Georgina and, like, yeah. Georgian. Like, he, uh, yeah, I know. I'm just saying that, like, it's kind of weird that the boys all get to be on a team and the girls are like, hey, do what you do. Because, like, a couple of his daughters do box and one of his sons boxes. 12 kids yeah. my goodness i don't know i guess his daughters just have to fend for themselves so. well like when you have all that uh foreman grill money you can afford 12 kids yeah so that's the other thing i wanted to say because like that's really what i knew about george foreman was yeah. the grill and uh so when he came out of retirement people marveled at his abilities so well when he came back and fought when he was 45 and 94. Everyone was like, oh my God, so amazing. And he said he was in such good shape because of what he ate and how he ate so healthy and clean. So this company named Salt and Ink 
approached him to be a spokesman for their grill. So that's how it all came about. And the George Foreman grill sold 100 million units by 2009. Foreman has never confirmed exactly how much he has earned from that endorsement. Yeah, but it's like rumored like $500 million or something. It says Salton paid him $138 million in 1999 for the right to use his name. So that would have been after the grill had been out for like four or five years. Prior but he was just a spokesman, and then they changed. Then, then, so but they had to use the name for George Foreman Grill. Right. So they bought him out. So that's for for the first four years, he was paid forty percent of the profits on each grill sold. Oh my gosh! Earning so him four and a half million dollars a month at its payout peak. <laughs> Yielding an estimated total of over $200 million just from the endorsement through 2011. Substantially more than he earned as a boxer. So yeah, wow. it's at least $200 million, but it could be way more. Yeah. No one really knows. What's funny is that I've heard Hulk Hogan tell a story where um, I guess they had the same agent or mm-hmm. something. And Hogan claims, for what, take it for what it's worth, but Hulk Hogan claims that he called uh, their agent called Hogan first about this, but Hogan never answered. And it was like they were pitching like a grill and like a protein shake maker or something. And Hogan claims that uh, Hogan offer, got offered the grill first, but didn't get back to him in time. And so by the time he called the agent back, he was like, oh, yeah, well, Foreman got the grill and you get the protein shake maker. Wow. What do you think Hulk Hogan is more upset about? Losing out on the grill or losing out on the grill to a black guy? <laughs> wow. That's an honest question. Well, I'm Hulk not Hogan, I'm not going to answer not it. Not the best of a person. <laughs> I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> okay. Um, but I am well, going to but, but I am going to say <laughs> that uh, not having anywhere between 200 and 400 million dollars would probably piss me off if I was Hulk Hogan. You'd leave some angry messages. <laughs> okay. Anyway, that's what Hulk Hogan claims. <laughs> that's a cool claim. I've heard him tell that story, yeah. Can you imagine that? Imagine missing that call. Like, I don't know if he was sleeping or traveling. Missing it. First of all, you can miss a call and like not return it for a day. You're not going to lose it out in an hour. No, I know. So I don't know. So he I, so I don't know what happened. dropped the ball. Maybe. Yeah, probably. But I'm saying like, if that's true. Hey, oh, sorry. I talked to Foreman. He's taking the grill. You get the protein shake maker. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Both seem like <laughs> viable products going in. Like who knew? Yeah. Who knew? But I mean, everybody think about needed it. a quick, easy way to cook hamburgers and meat. Yeah. Nobody knew, like, because microwaves were just so difficult, and nobody has a grill. Like, for me as a college student, it was college like student. the absolute perfect thing. Every college student in every college room I've ever been in had a Foreman grill. Yeah. Any young person who just gets their own apartment out of college, yeah. they have a Foreman grill. Why? It's a hot plate. Because really, really cooking stuff takes too long yeah. and is too messy. Yeah. <laughs> For every single dude and single girl in the world yeah. and people living alone. You can throw hamburgers and chicken breasts on the Foreman grill and in five minutes, boom, you have dinner. I must have eaten so many plain For chicken breasts when you were just like doing no carbs, you know, just throwing yeah. a breast onto the Foreman grill, yeah. dipping it in. Hot well, I'm going to eat healthy this week. I'm going to just do chicken on the Foreman, man. But it worked. It worked. It, it was, was like, you know, it was like this big, like. 
Oh yeah, then they had the bigger inches, ones with the grill the, marks. Yeah, it was great. Cleaning it was such a, you know, it wasn't really that hard, but you really, you only cleaned it like every like, you know, four or five times. I bet you every probably month. cleaned it. I actually have never, I never owned one. You didn't have one? No, but our senior year, like our friend, like the guys I lived with had mm-hmm. one, but I never personally had one because like right out of college, I moved back home, and I lived. Did your mom at, have I lived one? and worked in the area. No. Oh okay. So, well. That's George Foreman. So that Love was it. November Love George. Love George Foreman. Fifth, nineteen ninety four. Icon. Um now this isn't my favorite story, <laughs> but it's one that I think is important because I remember when this happened and it was like okay. a really significant deal. Okay. Um on November third, nineteen ninety four, Susan Smith is arrested for murder. Susan Smith. Okay. So Susan Smith lives in South Carolina. Okay. She has two little boys. Okay. One is three. One is 14 months old. Um, on October 25th, she calls the cops, says she's been carjacked by a black guy, and he took her sons with the ca- in the car. Whoa. And so, the, uh, I mean, obviously everyone springs to action. Sure. And uh, they do a, a drawing, but it looks like, every black person in the world like it's like super generic it's not specific yeah uh and you know for nine days she goes on television like please bring my son home please she's like crying you know uh but on november 3rd after immense scrutiny she confesses to killing the boys i don't know if you remember this i don't she had them in the car and let the car roll into a lake with them strapped into the car. What? Yeah. And this is why I remember this because it was like so, de- like as a woman, you're just like, what? Like you'd heard of men doing this like to children, but it was very rare for a woman to drown. Ugh, this is really hard to talk about. So anyway. Wow. Uh, she lets it roll into the lake. Supposedly her reasoning was that she was interested in this like local wealthy guy named Tom Finley. And just before the children disappeared, he had sent her a letter ending their relationship because he did not want kids. So she's like devastated. And then she stated there was no other motive, no plan. She just drowned them on impulse and was not in the right state of mind. Yeah, no fucking shit. Jesus. Yeah. So I just remember this because I remember her and it was a really big deal. It was South Carolina is a state right over. And, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it was national news. It was, you know, Casey Anthony in right. uh, 1994. It was like basically, I guess, before OJ, right? So when it would have the, been. It would have been after. Yeah. So OJ was uh, June of 94. Yeah. So murders and stuff are in the zeitgeist, basically. Yeah. Um, and d- apparently, investigators doubted her story right from the start. So they. She was like their suspect in their oh, mind from so, the beginning. Oh, got it. Even though it Didn't took nine up. days to because so they started searching everywhere, thinking the boys were still alive. Um, oh, looking, so what made them? Did she confess to the lake? Yeah, part. She oh. just told them everything. Uh, they actually were looking in the lakes, but they were only searching thirty feet uh, from the shore, and they ended up finding the car one hundred and twenty feet oh my gosh. into the lake. Yeah. Um, they also doubted her story because she said she was stopped at this traffic light when she got carjacked and that there were no other cars around. But when police checked the traffic light, it was on sensors. 
So you wouldn't, if, if you're stopped, it's because there's another car turning. Oh, interesting. So they knew she was lying if she said no other cars were there. Wow. Because she was like, oh, there's no witnesses. Like she wouldn't have been stopped if. She wouldn't have had to stop at the light if there was another car. There, right, right. So right. She only would have stopped if another car was driving. Right. Perpendicular to yes. her. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. Isn't that crazy? Uh, so her story did not add Clearly up. that wasn't thought out. <laughs> Definitely not thought out. Definitely an impulse. She was a really fucked up lady. She shouldn't have had children in the first place. Uh, she had a really rough childhood because her father died by suicide when she was six years old. Uh, she attempted suicide at 13. Her mother then married this guy named Beverly Russell, who was a member of the local chapter of Christian Coalition. And it was later revealed that he molested her until she was a teenager. Oh Apparently, a l there's a lot of other allegations that their relationship had continued up until the boys. You oh, know, yeah, yeah. After graduating from high school in 1989, she made a second attempt to kill herself after a married man ended their affair. <laughs> then she married David Smith. They had two sons, and the relationship was rocky due to mutual allegations of infidelity, and they separated a bunch. She was incarcerated. She was found guilty. She was sentenced to life in prison and um, incarcerated at the Camille Griffin Graham Correctional Facility in South Carolina. But she was later moved to Leith Correctional after it was discovered that two guards were having sex with her. She is eligible for parole on November twenty November fourth, twenty twenty four. Thirty she years. She will not be released. I hope not. But I just can't even. You know, now that we have a like, I can't even imagine. Oh my gosh, you know, that is insane. Like, just you know, I freak out when he tries to roll over in the tub. I can't even <laughs> imagine. You know, like. It is a whole other right, um, right, right. Yeah, the, yeah. You know, definitely, mental illness uh, that would allow you to do something like that. Yeah, no, definitely. Some that's someone who was never right in the head, whether it was right. something, from a young something age. she was born with or circumstances of her youth and I think it was definitely her adolescence. Yeah, your father kills himself, and then you try to kill yourself, and you, you've been molested. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. Uh, especially by an active member of the church. So like you're seeing two sides. So you get split personalities for sure from yeah. something like that. Yeah. When and you're then, seeing someone act two different ways. Right. That's your that's only probably logical. Someone who, you know, multiple accusations of infidelity. And then, so that's someone who's definitely impulsive and just does well, things and not sex with the guard, sex with the married right, man. And doesn't sex, think about you know, consequences. And so, you know, she thinks, she well, had a death wish, so she didn't want to live anyway. But this guy doesn't want me. It's because I have kids. Well, let me just get rid of my kids. Yeah. And then, then when it happens, just, oh my God, what did I do? That yeah. was a terrible idea. Like, well, how could I do that? Yeah. 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 So really, really, Oof, really awful, shitty. But I just remember it being such a now, was that, shock. Was that, did it get, uh, obviously I don't remember this, so... Um, did it receive the national coverage? The the <laughs> Maverick. We specifically water is not the time. This is we, not the time to be drinking water, Maverick. When yeah, we're talking Maverick, about sensitive topic with sensitive the water. Topic. Hey, Isn't you're done. You're done. Gosh. So <laughs> we're just gonna leave that in because this is what's happening. Um, did it have the national? Obviously, not as much as. Uh, as O.J. Simpson. No. But 
was it all over the news? Like, how, how did I you... remember if I remember it, then it had to have been all over the news because to me it was just such a huge story. It was definitely like a dateline. It was like a 60 minutes. It right, was like, right, right. Yeah, definitely garnered national, national attention. <sighs> we'll move on. You don't remember that. I don't. I mean, I, <laughs> I tried. Okay, let's go back. So it garnered national attention. Yeah, it was everywhere. Yeah. It was like 60 Minutes, Datelines. Right, right, you right, know, right. it was like national the news. The name sounds really familiar, so I'm sure if I did a little, you know. It sounds familiar because it's such a normal sounding name. It does not That's sound true. like someone. It sounds like an alias. It does not sound like. It does sound like an alias. I just it remember like because it was just like you just couldn't believe a mother could do something like that. Yeah. And the way she did it, the circumstance, you know, it was just so horrifying. And, it, you right. know, the fact that she saved herself in that, you know what I mean? Like it just like, and then accused a black guy of stealing her car and taking the kids, right. you know, it's like it's just to make it all more sound plausible. Right. Like it, it just, oh, I was a white woman with kids taken advantage of. You yeah. Know. Yeah. It was just all so Yikes. awful. And, uh, yeah, that sounds terrible. What a terrible so story. Anyway, everyone named Susan is awful. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <Mom>. <laughs> uh, just kidding. So anyway, on a lighter side. Hey. <laughs> All right. Let's smile. November second, nineteen ninety four. Oh, what a great day. <laughs> the NFL expands and adds the Panthers and the Jaguars. And the Jaguars. Oh, and geez. oh, how lucky we've been <laughs> <laughs> for the last twenty years. I would say, or twenty five years, getting to watch these two fantastic teams. I know, right? Grow it's like you know, in the beginning, sure. Jacksonville was really good. Well, that would have been... Uh, so, like, Tom Coughlin was the coach yeah. before he went to the Giants, and they had, like, Mark Brunel and Fred Taylor and, you know, Keenan McCardle and Jimmy Smith, and, you know, they were... Tony Baselli's their first, first ever draft, ever draft pick. pick. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, they were kind of a fun team in the beginning. They made the playoffs. They won some games. And then in Carolina, too, they had, the like, the Panthers, a cool... You know, they had the kind of the neon blue with the black, and then... You know, they eventually ended up going to the Super Bowl. Who was their yeah. yeah? Who was their first quarterback? Who was the Panthers' first quarterback? Oh man, I don't know. Maybe Kerry Collins, something like that. Oh, I, think. I don't know. I oh, just you assumed you up. would know. <laughs> no, I, I know Kerry look. Collins played for them. I don't mm, know. I feel like he was maybe their first quarterback. Okay. But, uh, somebody tag, tweet me and correct me on that. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, but like that's these are two franchises that not a lot of winning, you know. It's yeah, like no. like some division titles, the Panthers made a Super Bowl, but uh, you know, two new franchises in 20 years, that's one Super Bowl appearance. Like yeah. it's pretty lame. I mean, I know Detroit still is Well, has they never both the made Super the playoffs Bowl, the same year. It was like 3 years after they were they uh, weren't ma came to fruition. They both yeah. made the playoffs, so they had a, a chance of playing each other Which would have been in amazing. Like, the Super Bowl, but they never made it further than uh, the divisional round. Which is funny because so the year before, Major League Baseball expanded two teams. That was the Rockies and the Marlins, right. mm -hmm. and then the next year, NFL. So that brought Major League Baseball to 30 teams, and this brought NFL to 32. So they had you know 16 and 16 on each side. So Yeah. 
So I looked up fun facts about the Panthers. Oh, I love it. Okay, great. So cobras, rhinos, and cougars were all names that were considered. Ooh, so let's think about this. The Carolina Cobras, that's pretty cool. That sounds cool. That doesn't really sound like an NFL name, though, does it? Not a lot of cobras. I don't think of cobras being in Carolina. Being indigenous. Neither do rhinos. The Carolina oh, rhinos. There's so many rhinos in Carolina. <laughs> uh, so what was the other one? Cougars. The there's, Carolina Cougars. Yeah, there's lots of them. If you've been downtown on a Friday night <laughs> at a wine bar, yeah, so lots of Carolina you know, cougars, cougars and Panthers are kind of the same. I know animal people are like, they're not the same. They're definitely not the same. Uh, and they ended up sailing on the Panthers because Jerry Richardson's son loved the animal. That makes sense. I mean, Jerry Richardson is a guy, again, not a great guy. He uh, put a statue of himself out front of the stadium. <laughs> And then it's an agreement to sell the team because he was kind of forced to sell after some uh, stuff came out recently. And uh, so he his agreement of selling to David Tepper, uh, they, David Tepper had to agree to not take down the Jerry Richardson statue. <laughs> Anybody that puts a statue of themselves up is right. so weak. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just like, I mean, he's just one of them good old boys, you know? No, I know, I get it, but it just says a lot about yourself. It just reminds well, me of yeah. that. That it just Walter Payton. Like I always think, whenever somebody does something like that, I think of Walter Payton. Like when you're good, you tell everyone. When you're great, they tell you. Right. That's all I think about yeah. all the time. I think about that quote every day, and yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, <laughs> that's why it was named the Panthers. Bank of America Stadium wasn't finished until '96, so they played their first season at Clemson. Nice. So, did you know that? I should be quizzing you. Mm, I don't think okay. so. Yeah. Um, according to NFL Films, the Panthers logo represents the outline of North and South Carolina. The Panthers logo? Yeah, so when you trace the logo, the outline of it is both states. Oh, interesting. Okay. I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> now you know it. It's a, it's gonna, a there's going to be a quiz after this. Fun facts. Fun facts. Uh, Jerry Richardson was the only owner that played in the NFL when he was the I guess maybe he still is. Yeah, he's he's still the only owner to play in the NFL. Uh, I know Jerry Jones played at Arkansas, but not in the NFL. What did he play? Uh, he was like a lineman or a defensive Jerry lineman. Jones, I can't even imagine him doing anything but talking. Yeah. I <laughs> 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 nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would just imagine him, yeah, keeping score <laughs> on the sideline like you. I'm gonna remember that you did that. Not even keeping score for the game. Just, just keeping like score. Keeping personal score. Yeah, personal yeah, score. Yeah, um, after every win at home, they play what song? Uh, we are family. Because <laughs> everybody's cousins. <laughs> uh, they play Sweet Caroline. Oh, gosh, I hate that. Your favorite Red Sox song. I hate that song. So that's that. Fun facts. (laughs) Oh, sorry. I thought we were singing it. No, we're not. Because of YouTube. We're not allowed. So good. All right. They're the Jaguars. See, now you say Jaguars. Jaguars. Yeah, there's no W in Jaguars. Jaguar? You want me to say it like the car? How do you spell Jaguars? J-A-G-U-A-R-S. Now say it. Jaguars. All right. <laughs> well, that's how I say it. How so do you I, say I, it? Ha, Jaguars. Like how it's pronounced. That's pronou- what you just said. Like how w, it's pronounced. But you just said it with a W. No, I didn't. It's Jaguars. There's a U in there. You say Jaguars. 
There's no W or I. Say it again. Jaguars. <laughs> you just used a W. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. You this say Jaguars. A- There's no I in the word or I'm W. I'm saying Jaguars. Say it. <laughs> jaguars. <laughs> yeah, see, now it's in your head. See, you're hearing it. Say coupons. Coupons. Do you say coup or coupons? See, I Good. hate people who say coupons. Say There's no Q in the word. <laughs> It drives me insane. These people who don't know how to talk. But if there was a Q, it'd be quipons. <laughs> it's just like, I, I just don't understand. It'd be an E. Q-U-E. Yeah. Coupons. Coupons. That's not how... There, there's no, All right. Stop anyway, it. dummy. The Jaguars. There are other words. <laughs> Look, you did it again. <laughs> Their original Jaguar logo was a big controversy <laughs> because it resembled the Ford logo for the Ford car, which Ford owned the Jaguar at the time. Oh, right. And so there was like... A big issue between Ford and <laughs> Mavic's trying to get in. I need you to pay attention. We're almost done. I'm listening, but the dog is distracting me. Okay. So. I have a small male brain. Okay. Let's, let's, let's start again. So the Jaguars, their original Jaguar logo was a big controversy because it resembled the Ford logo. Right. Ford owned Jaguar. Ford owned time, Jaguar. Right? Yep. And they ended up settling out of court saying that the Jaguars could keep the logo, but Jaguar would become the official car of the Jacksonville Jaguars. How about that? Yeah. That's so a win-win. That's a win-win. Yeah, that's Seems a total like a win-win. Win. Yeah. Um, the Jaguar on the helmet had a teal tongue. Oh. Do you know why? Oh, man. Why did it have a teal tongue? Let's see. Well, I know polar bears have a blue tongue because of the ice-cold water that they're always in. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what that has to do with Jaguar, but what what is the answer? Well, because jaguars can eat panthers, so they did it as a big f you to the panthers. No way. Yeah, to say like we got the taste of you. You know what I mean? Wait, so in real life, jaguars can eat panthers? I don't know. Oh, I thought you knew. But the that's answer. what they said. All right, well, I take their word for it. Then. Yeah, I take their word for it. I think a jaguar could probably eat a panther. Seems like it. If they were ever in the same place, but they rarely are, I would think. One's a mountain, right? Isn't a panther in a mountain and jaguars down in like the desert? That sounds right. I don't. I can't remember. It's been a while since I've watched Planet Earth. <laughs> Let's go watch. Uh, yes. Uh, so yeah. So that's why they put a teal tongue on that's there really to funny. just be like, we're gonna eat these panthers for breakfast, that's but really we're never funny. gonna make the playoffs and face them. <laughs> 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 so what are the odds? Um, during the Jaguars' first ever home game, teal candy was handed out to the fans so that all of their tongues would be blue. That's, that's pretty funny. Pretty that's cool. clever. Um, Shahid Khan bought the team in 2011 for $770 million. <sighs> that's a bargain. It has doubled in value. Yeah, I was say it's probably worth almost then, $2 billion now. It's $1.48 billion is Oof. what they're worth now. Do you know who the all-time leading scorer for the Jags is? Yeah, it's probably Fred Taylor. Nope. Oh, really? Mm, is it Maurice Jones Drew? Nope. Who is it? Josh Scobie. Oh, the stupid <laughs> kicker. I used to do this bit. But the, I mean, nothing says Jacksonville Jaguars more than their field goal kicker being the all-time leading scorer. Well, usually the ki- I should have known that. Usually the kickers are like the all-time. Like Morton Anderson, I think, is the all-time leading scorer in NFL. Yeah, or Adam that's Vinic- why I think kickers are Vinicieri. so important to draft during fantasy. Yeah. Scobie, I used to do this bit because like uh, – of like the baddest man in the NFL, Josh Scobie. So like when I used to do power rankings like 10 years ago, <laughs> I would always write about Josh Scobie. Scobie snacks. <laughs> that's what I would call it. Scobie snacks. So that's it. That's the Jaguars. 
and the Panthers expansion. There really wasn't much more to talk about them, so I was like, I'm just going to find out cool things that I didn't know about yeah, them. Yeah, the trivia is pretty good. Yeah. So yeah, now I like you that. can impress all your friends at the water cooler with a teal tongue talk. Teal tongue. Uh, teal tongue. Yeah. Jaguar teal tongue. You're going to bring it up on your show, I guarantee. Yeah, because I've never really noticed their helmet I don't before. know if it does Is it now. on the new helmet? Their original helmet. Oh, the no, original helmet. I don't think helmets. the new one has the same one. Um, just a couple of things I didn't mention. I'm not what were the movies in. and the songs? I know that's, I didn't look I know that that's my bit. I love doing that. I didn't look it up. <laughs> I didn't even get to it. You get so mad, but I didn't even look it up. It's just so interesting to me. Like, <laughs> what was popular then? Well, I'm sure it's the same song in the same movie that you did. They probably just carried over. Why did? It? Well, no, I did 95. Do you want me to look it up? No, it's okay. I don't mind. No, no, no. I'm ready for bed. Okay. Uh, November 1st, the Chicago Bills retire Michael Jordan's number at the United Center. Oh. I didn't get into it because we've talked about Michael Jordan a bit yeah, yeah, on the yeah, yeah. show, and like, there's not really much more to say. Well, that was the first retirement. Yeah, yeah that yeah, was the yeah. first one. On November 4th, the United Center opened. So three days before. Oh, wow. And they beat the Charlotte Hornets, which I thought was kind of funny. Which is funny because yeah. he now owns them. I know. How That's about that? That's I thought it was cool. And we were just talking about another Charlotte team. And on November 5th, President Reagan announced he has Alzheimer's. Which everyone 94. knew while he was in office <laughs> 10 years earlier. I had forgotten, too. <laughs> uh, so anyway, this was, that was November 1st through the 7th, 1994. Hey. Kind of an interesting week. That was an interesting week. I learned week. a lot of new stuff. Like highs and lows and yeah. weird. and wasn't every, a very funny everything episode. Everything in between. Sorry, yeah, I know. We sorry. talking about hitting people and um, murder. So that's not the best. But and, hopefully and the shitty college girls. <laughs> And the Panthers and the Jaguars. <laughs> and I'm too, not really sure which one was the most depressing things. story that I uh, <laughs> talked about. But, um, yeah, so interesting week. Yeah, interesting week. Good job. Thank you. Good job. Um, I hope All right. you guys learned something. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Yeah, at Week in the 90s Pod, at Sarah Tiana, at Chris Brockman. I'm at Brock Shady on Instagram. Let's get those Instagram follows up. You know what I'm saying? I come, know. Come yeah. on, people. Let's do it. Come on, people. I'm going to have to show some more skin on that page. Oh, geez. At least you're not wearing your sleeveless hoodie. So many people complain about those sleeveless hoodies. Well, for, well, we started in the summertime, and we were doing walks, and I had a great tan, and we were all, you know what I mean? So I was showing off the tan. No, I get it. You got to show off the guns. Now you're showing off your new sh- spectacles. I know. Well, that's because they're the blue light glasses, so now I, it makes my headaches go away at night. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, all right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, appreciate you guys. I'm about to murder a dog. Speaking of murder in he's this episode. His, uh, there's a chair blocking the door, and he's got his face resting, resting on the chair on just the... with this very big frown. Like, you guys won't let me in. I can't believe you. I want to sit next to you and stare at doing you. Doing your show without me. <laughs> all right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening and uh, all that good stuff. Bye-bye. This Week in the 90s Podcast.